Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Okay, good afternoon everyone. Okay, I hope you've had a lovely week. Did you enjoy Mother's Day last week? We had great fun, didn't we? It was lovely. Okay, do you know what my favorite moment from last Sunday was? was when we did the opening song and there was all the pictures on the screen of all the mothers in the room and just the sense of love that there was that every picture that came up, people were like, yeah, it's you, yeah, it's you and just celebrating who each other are. Now, the song we just sang was inspired by an ancient story from the Middle East, Far East, Near East of a guy called Moses. And Moses one day is kind of minding his own business and he comes across a shrubbery and this shrubbery is aflame. And he starts having a chat with the shrubbery. Bit weird, but there's a great message in the story because it turns out that the burning shrubbery represented God. And he asked God a question, which is, what's your name? What do I call you? Who should I say that you are? And the reply from this shrubbery is, I am. So the idea that we got from that and what a few of us got quite excited about is the fact that the idea of God might just be I am. And the idea with that song was that we could say, what is love? What if I am? What is power? What if I am? And I think the idea is that a lot of us have grown up in a context where the idea of the divine power, the idea of the highest truth, the ultimate reality, the best goodness you could ever find was somebody who was miles away that you were separated from. Now, the idea of Q Church is we are on a quest. And every Sunday we get together to say, we want to find out something that maybe we haven't found before. We want to see things in a new way. Maybe rip things apart a bit and go, maybe there's a different way of seeing this. And I think the idea of God is one of those massive ones that for some of us makes us think really small. Because if God is someone that's miles away out there, then accessing that can be quite difficult. And so religion puts these things in place. Well, if you only do this and this and this and get it all right, then you can be part of this power. Whereas what we're proposing through this story of Moses is that God's saying, look in the mirror. If you want to find where the divine truth is, the highest reality is, the ultimate love, it's in the I am, it's in you. If that's true, why are we so miserable sometimes? I mean, if God's right here all the time, if he's looking back at me in the mirror, why do I get so tied up in knots, so tangled in offenses, so miserable and depressed over things? Well, maybe it's because of the I am knots. So instead of me getting up in the morning thinking, I am powerful today. I can make a difference to every single person I meet. I am loved today. I can choose to overflow into other people's lives. The energy that I have, I can put into your life. The energy that you have, you can put into me. There is abundance. There is beauty. I start thinking, why didn't they put the bins out? Like, they are not reliable. They never meet my expectations. We look in the mirror and think, I am not skinny enough, big enough, strong enough, dark enough whatever it is. And we always think of the I am nots rather than the I am. So today we want to go a bit of a journey. We're going to show some great movie clips, have some really nice songs, some great talks, and they're all designed to try and show us where we actually sometimes see the I am nots 
rather than the I am's. And here is a beautiful little video to show us about that. Good evening, everyone. Um, yeah, we're following this line of thought tonight because it might not be something that you necessarily struggle with. Some of you are quite comfortable in your own skin and, and you don't tend to get very knotty and that, that's wonderful. But if you're anything like me, sometimes you do get in a knot and wrestling with those things in yourself that you see that you're not so fond of can be um, very tricky. And the slide on there that it's self-acceptance is my refusal to be in an adversarial relationship to myself. There's that expression where it says we're our own worst enemy. And I can definitely see how sometimes in my life I am my own worst enemy. And it struck me recently, there was a video we played not, um, probably two or three weeks ago, where at the very start, the, the gentleman was talking, and one of the things he said was, what if you were as kind to yourself as you are to other people? And he almost posed the challenge, really. And for some of you, you, you probably identify with the fact that you probably would be more likely to be kind to someone else than you are to yourself. And I, I think I most definitely sometimes fit into that category beyond a shadow of a doubt that what I will do for somebody else is not necessarily what I would, the same self-care I would give um, to myself. So then you wrestle and you become almost the one person that's not looking after um, yourself in a world of people who actually um, are trying to do that for you. And then that plays out in our lives as the problems we have identified in ourselves, they then lead us to make certain choices. Now, I think we've all been there at least once. I think some of us are there more than others. Um, and I think some of us sometimes are there for quite a, a, a long time, having a tough time with it. And so it's made me think, well, what is that all about? What are the I am nots um, all about? And how can we view ourselves as such a problem? And is there anything tonight that we could start to do about that to find a different experience and a transformation. Now, some would say, and many have said for many, many years, that it comes from the idea of original sin, that somehow or other, when we are born, we are born with a problem that then further down the line, we either get fixed or we don't get fixed. And somehow or other, that's linked to a choice that a couple of people made way, way back. And despite the fact that there was an it is finished moment in time, actually, that's still a problem. And it's still a problem if you find an answer. And for some of you like me, if you've grown up around that sense of you're a problem to be fixed, you then walk around with an inbuilt belief that you're a problem that needs fixing. And that is quite tough to handle sometimes and it carries it with you um, into many, many situations and you're constantly looking for the thing that will be the, be the fix and make everything okay. Now, if you have been with us recently, as Danny talked about in the introduction in the, sh in the song, you will have heard all about this wonder of, of I am, this mag magnificent greatness that just is and that we get to be in, in part of. And as I've been reflecting on that and thinking all this through this week, if I am part of something that great, that wonderful and this I amness of life, can that be intrinsically bad? Can I be bad at my core? Or might I be quite magnificent at my core? And we should all start there. Now, some of you are finding that tough to swallow, but that's okay, because we're on a quest for this. Now, I cannot always accept that who I am is okay. 
that I amness in me because I've lived for a long time trying to separate um, um, good Jenny from bad Jenny. There's bits in Jenny that are great, we like those bits, let's keep those bits. And there's bits in Jenny that are bad, get rid of those bits, don't be that. And so you're constantly at war with yourself, trying to work out which bits are okay and which bits are not okay, telling yourself, I won't do that, I won't be that, I won't say that, I won't think that. And that's how we set ourselves up as an enemy. There's bits of myself that I make an enemy in myself. Now, how do we tend to treat that which we decide is an enemy? We tend to reject it. We tend to not be mean to it. We tend to say not nice things. We tend to feel angry with it. So if there's a part of ourselves that we are seeing as an enemy, we're going to treat that part of ourselves as an enemy. And is that going to solve? Our, is it going to solve it? I don't think I've ever sort of been able to solve a part of myself by hating that part of myself. But I think I've been able to mend a lot of things in my life by giving myself some care and love and most importantly, often letting others do the same for me. Now, for years, I've tried to be perfect because I thought that's what I had to be because I thought that made me holy. I thought if I could be perfect, I would be, be, be holy and I would be fixed. And then I realized, you know what? Even God, when he made the world, um, didn't look and say it was perfect. He said it was good. So then for many years, I thought, well, I'm going to be good then. I'm going to be really good. I'm going to be really good at looking after everybody and looking after the world, and I'm going to be really good. But even being really good sometimes feels a little bit of a stretch. And recently we had a thing in the back hall where we were talking all through some stuff. And I know sometimes you can't make it on a Wednesday, but if you are ever able to come along, sometimes you get a chance to chat stuff through that you might find confusing that you hear. And it's really good to chat with other people's perspective. And we were talking about this a few weeks ago, and on my table they said to me, well, why don't you just try being Jenny? And I was like, oh, that's, I could just try that. I might be able to just manage that. Try being one being, just work it, walking my journey, trying to find the wonder that is me amidst some of the things that I might trip up along the way. Now, the paradox in all of this is if I was to, and you were to, actually start to just decide I'm going to be one being here. I'm not going to try and separate off the good, the bad, and work out which is which. I'm just going to be in it, me, trying to find that self-care and acceptance for my life. Um, those things that you're perhaps wanting to change, they would probably change because instead of treating those bits of yourself that you don't like in a destructive way because they're an enemy, you'd start to look after them, you'd start to nurture them, you'd start to care about them and anything that's cared and nurtured tends to go in a better direction than anything that's attacked. So we're going to pursue this a little bit more tonight um, and see where we end up. And one of the things that we've been also learning about recently is that if we are I am, um, we're breathing, we're alive, we're breathing and we're a being. And sometimes it would do us good to just understand that actually to breathe in and out as ourselves is actually good enough a lot of the time and sometimes very underrated as we hold our breath through life with all the tension of trying to to wrestle. So enjoy this song, have a good breathe in and out, and we'll carry on our journey in a few moments. Thank you. What I love about that clip is that so often, it just shows how so often the reason why we don't want to um, 
go round again. It's because we've been hurt. So what we learn is our own religion. And you don't have to be religious in church. It's actually the religion of those. In, it's just the internal rules that we've put in place to make life work for us. It's the things we think, right, last time I did that, it got that outcome. I'm not going to do that again because I don't want that outcome again. And it makes absolute total sense why we live our life religiously because religion will, all sorts of religion will identify what our problem is. And then it helps us then because we then have ways that we learn how to fix our own problems. So we identify the problem, we put things in place that makes it feel like that problem is fixed. We've then become the fixer of our own problem which gives us some weird sense of being strong enough to have handled it, but it never quite fully solves it. Now, what happens? Um, some people, well, many people understand it to be a part of you that is an ego. And you might have heard of people or even referred to people of having a large ego. And actually, there is a term. There is actually a mechanism. Mick talked about the renewing of the mind. There is actually a thing in your mind that kicks in to protect you. And Chris said the other week, what did she say? I am not a tiger and this is not a cave. There are, are things in us that instinctively, if we recognize that we could be potentially unsafe, a bit of us kicks in that says, whoa, this is not safe. I will avoid all pain. And it automatically triggers a reaction in you that you go to, to in order to make sure that you and your world are safe. It's the same sort of thing that if, you know, you put your hand near a fire, it would be hot, you would sort of involuntarily pull away. But what can happen is if that part of us is the bit that's ruling the roost and calling all the shots in our life, it gets to be that that bigger part of us that can think stuff through, that can look around, that can ask for support, that can take time to understand the thing, that it doesn't have to be just driven by our first reaction, but can step back and say, oh, wow, that was a strange reaction. And rather than reject that reaction, think, okay, I'm feeling that, I'm going with that. Let's not reject that thing in me that I see, but let's take time to think it through and work out what is going on in me and how might I be able to get support to see my way through it. Now, actually, I've lost my place. So hard to do this without notes. <laughs> One day. Um, now, the question comes for most of us as it did for that girl in La La Land. If we have um, experienced something repeatedly, something that makes us feel unsafe, and then someone, perhaps even me tonight, steps into your world and says, do you know what? That thing you've believed about yourself, that thing that you see as your big fat knot that you can't ever get over, will you give that another shot? Will you actually see that maybe, just maybe, that's a part of you that can become something great. That's a part of you that is already great. It just needs another opportunity to stand in the light and it might be your breakthrough. So listen to the person who may have been bruised, who may have been hurt by some stuff in the past, but still say, this is me. You know which song is coming next, don't you? Now I've said that line. Um, but actually, the reason why a lot of us love that song and love that show is because that's the woman in that, the greatest showman, if you've not seen it, has been rejected her whole life and has been put in shadows her whole life and has been told there is no place for you. You are not okay. And one day she gets enough about her and enough strength from within who she has always be been to say, actually, I am all right. 
I don't have to live in shadows because actually I'm all right. Now, our I am nots don't have any power to transform your life. And we all wrestle sometimes with what we call our inner demons, our things that we don't like about ourselves. But for as long as we are resisting what we, all of those things inside us, it's not going to actually change. If you can actually dare today to start caring about the bits of yourself that you don't like by paying attention to them, by getting with someone to talk about them, by actually paying some time to say what is going on in me and start to nurture and look after those areas of your life they can become your greatest strength I'm absolutely convinced of it because none of us are perfect a guy called Dallas Willard once said if there is such a thing as human perfection it seems to emerge from how we handle the imperfection that is everywhere especially our own and as we start to accept our own what we perceive to be imperfections. It's, it's easier not to reject those things when we see them in others. Sometimes what we don't like about other people is actually a mirror of what we don't like in ourselves. So to actually be able to start loving and accepting us in all of our glory as we journey on this brilliant thing called life um, can be really, really quite a fantastic experience. And that, for me, is what I am all about. That's how you get your knots untangled. And I know that Beth's going to wrap up at the end and hopefully give you some advice on what you can possibly do about this next. But for now, we are going to embrace our unified selves. This is me in all of our glory. So sing along um, and enjoy. Thank you. Right, so it's my job to wrap up tonight. Um, and we've, we've wrestled with this topic all week. Um, and it concluded in a conversation between me and Jenny last night where I was saying, I, I just don't know how to wrap all of this up. And, um, but the reality is, for me, I see things very practically and very um, logically in many ways. And so I wanted tonight to offer my version of what we've said tonight in a very simple and basic way that hopefully, if you haven't got what Jenny said, which I really hope you have, because that was brilliant. Um, but if you haven't got that and you just need a simple instruction guide, then this will be it, okay? So, life continually throws stuff at us, okay? And I've got a list, if that helps. Things like, things we can't do, things we're not, things that hurt us, things that make us feel insecure, things that others say, things that make us feel shamed, things we regret, and things that others do that affect us. Now, that's not an endless list. That's just a quick list that I came up with last night, and very, very quickly. Um, but once I started looking through that list, I thought... Actually, I can think of some examples from my life where um, stuff has happened that has laid a foundation for my knots. It's been the first knot in the web, so to speak. And I haven't realized that it's had that impact on me um, until looking back where I, and I can see where I've been. And so an example of that would be um, when I was three and a half, four-ish, so we're going back a bit now, um, I was probably about Sophie's age. And um, when I was that age, I went to a playgroup and they put on a play. Now, being the actress that I am, or not so much, I wanted to be in this play. And um, I don't think there was auditions at three and a half. I'm pretty certain there wasn't auditions. Um, I think they just gave us a part. And we got the letter, and I got home, and I opened the letter, and the letter said I was going to be Sleeping Beauty in the play Sleeping Beauty. So like, that's pretty much as good as it gets at three and a half. If you're going to be Sleeping Beauty in the play Sleeping Beauty, you have made it. Like, I was like, I was over the moon. It was very exciting. Brilliant. Next day, finished nursery, came home full of the joys of life, I'm sure, at three and a half, four-ish. Um, and my mum said, oh, just so you know, you're not going to be Sleeping Beauty anymore. 
Now, I don't really remember being three and a half and four that much, but I have been told that my reaction was disappointed, as I can imagine. Um, I was upset that I wasn't going to be Sleeping Beauty, and I, I wanted to know why I wasn't going to be Sleeping Beauty. Well, Sophie, the different Sophie, um, we love this Sophie very much. Uh, we also love that Sophie, but just through gritted teeth. But the other Sophie, um, her mum had been in and complained and said that her Sophie um, was a, a model for mother care, and therefore she should be Sleeping Beauty. But my mum said, but don't worry, Beth, you've got the second biggest part. You're going to be the bad witch. Now, I don't know if any other three-and-a-half-year-olds are in here, but I'm pretty certain at three-and-a-half, nobody wants to be the bad witch. Like, it, it doesn't happen. But being the compliant that I am, that was maybe forced into me, I don't know, but being that compliant person, I was the bad witch. The only upside was I didn't have to kiss Tim Perry. Um, that was definitely the bonus. But other than that, I, I was upset. And there's a photo of me in this place, sitting on the edge of the stage, doing what looks like just slamming my feet against the, the fascia of the stage and just banging it away. I was pretty cross that I'd, I'd been substituted. Um, but the reason I tell you that story is, looking back, it's very funny, and it's, it's amusing to think that that, that, that happened. Um, but the reality is that laid a foundation for me, and that things got added to, and very quickly, like weeds or a virus, things get added and it grows, and the web becomes bigger and bigger, and I suddenly start to believe certain things about myself, like I am not that important, that I am second best, that other people always come first, that my opinion doesn't matter. And those things are massive when you become an adult. They're not so big when you're, when you're three, but they are massive when you're an adult. Um, now, I'm really good at boxing stuff off. And so when we and Jenny had this conversation last night, I, like Mick, think, actually, generally, I pretty much have rose-tinted rose lenses on, and I can see things pretty well. I've put that in a box, and it's over here, and it's okay. But I am aware that, actually, it did lay a foundation for me, and I've had to learn how to deal with that. So um, I'm going to tell you where we're up to now. So basically... This is, this is tonight in a nutshell. We have two versions of ourselves, the I am's and the I am not's. And you get to pick which one you focus all your attention on. If you spend all your time focusing your attention, like maybe I could have done, on my not's, on the things that I am not, then, then I'm going to tell you what you become. You become weighed down with inferiority. My I'll get weighed down with my, with my inability and my unworthiness and my lack. And that is huge. Because if, if I spend all my life focusing on that, I'm not going to be able to achieve very much in my life at all. The alternative is you focus on the good stuff. You focus on the I am's, the things that you are, the things that you're not capable of, that you are capable of, uh, and that you can do brilliantly. So you have that option tonight. You can go away tonight and you can think, well, there's all this stuff that I am not. Or you can go away and you can think, there's all that stuff that I am. And actually... You stand half a chance of doing something brilliant. So our call to action tonight is this. I want to tell you three, three questions that you can go away with tonight to challenge yourself with this message. One, what am I, I am nots, or the nots that you found yourselves in? The things you believe about yourself and others that are stopping you moving forward. Number two, what am I not doing because of these things and the beliefs that are getting in the way? And number three, what am I or others, I ams, that I could shift my focus to that would allow me to move forward and be free to experience more? Now, the thing that really helped me in realizing how I deal with my knots is I looked at a more recent example. When I had Ada, I, um, who is now eight months old, for the first three months, I struggled. I compared myself to other mums. I saw how other mums operated, and I suddenly thought, I am out of my depth. I've worked with young people for the last however many years, and suddenly I have a baby, and I don't know what to do with her. People are telling me what to do. People are telling me what I should do, what I should be, where I should go, the things I should say, what I should feed her. There's this whole list 
list of things that I should do, and I have absolutely no idea what to do. And last night, Jenny said, well, what changed that? What made you feel like, actually, I am a good mum. I am capable of doing this. I am going to be brilliant for Ada as she grows up. And what I realised is, the point I, I worked out, that some of these mums who, on the outside, profess to be perfect, once I realised that they were not perfect... I allowed myself to not be perfect. And I realized that actually, I don't have to focus on that stuff that I'm not anymore. I can just focus on the stuff that I am. So the message tonight is this. I am not perfect. You're not perfect. And that's okay. And equally, that works the other way around. When you are struggling with somebody else and the stuff that they are being or not being, they're not perfect, but you're not perfect. And that's okay. So if you take nothing else from tonight, take that. Because actually, that will allow you to focus on your I ams and not your I am nots. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash qchurchyork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.